So, um, British Virgin Islands lifesaver. Uh, future proctologist. Hmm. And NASA's most wanted. <laughs> Lars Gearsing, if you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? As expected. <laughs> Does that mean disappointing? Underwhelming? Not necessarily. Underwhelming? I think it's just the way I would think it would go. Not disappointed. Just just unimpressed. Yeah. Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> say that. Eh? <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to another episode of Dinner with Razors. I'm Sean Heckman. I'm Ryan Eversley. And uh, we're uh, driving back here in November from yeah. a uh, from an event down in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, where we met up with a bunch of fans, did some uh, Motor Trend video promotions. But we're recapping something we did back in January, Ryan. This has been a year-long project. That's right, Sean. Back in January, we sat down with uh, several racers that are generally not based in this country. Now, this particular guest, Lars Gearsing, he is a regular in the WeatherTech paddock. He has been in IMSA, Grand Am, all those series for, for quite a long time. But he doesn't live stateside. He does not. So getting him in between the Roar before Daytona 24-hour, our preseason test, and the Rolex 24 was uh, pretty helpful for both sides. It was. It was. <laughs> and and uh, Lars, who is a well, well, well-established engineer in the uh, IMSA ranks, particularly in the GT category, he's Danish-born. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but he, and he lived in the U.S. for a little while. Right. But he now lives... In the British Virgin Islands. Yes. You'll hear all about how he gets back and forth. Right. But it's it's an island where the virgins live. British, the British ones. The British yeah, ones yeah. live there. But he is a staple of the sports car racing community when it comes to engineering. He is known for being one of the reasons that teams like Paul Miller Racing, uh, TRG, Magnus Racing, they've had success. Every time he's been on a sports car team, they've done well. Exactly. So just to recap some of his stats, I'm going to say he's won about 100 Rolex 24s. I think that's correct. I think that's the number. Yeah. He's won 100. Yeah. Which is incredible because he's like mid-50s. Yeah, but yeah. he's won the Rolex 24 yeah. over 100 times. Yes, yes. Um, he's won Sebring a bunch of times. I think he's now at 63 IMSA championships. That's correct. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. Two a year for the last like 25 years, I think. Something like that. And yep. uh, he also, I, I'm only going to say this on a very personal level, is a well-known connoisseur of Thai and Indian food. Mm. And I know this because I love Thai and Indian food. And I never get to eat Thai and Indian food unless I'm around Lars because he's the only person who I know who likes it as much as I do. Now, uh, you know you can just order it yourself. Without Lars? Yeah. Like, just, like, at home. Let me write this down. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can... Yeah. Get, like, okay, so go on Grubhub, Mm. which is not a... Not a... No, no, no. Get off. That's mine. Get off that app. Open this app. Okay. Yeah, that one right there. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you know who has good uh, Thai food? Uh, the Thai place in Daytona? Yes, that's called Zen Bistro, Ryan. The, the Zen, Zen B- Bistro in Daytona. We don't have to care about this one. Only the diehards <laughs> are going to listen. Um, <laughs> I'll leave that in. <laughs> they are a, uh, a Lars Gearsing staple. You yes. name a Thai food restaurant yes. in the area, Lars knows which one to Th- go this to. This is true. I, I actually felt like kind of honored that I got to go to Thai food with Lars. Yeah. Because I know that's like his thing, you know? <laughs> yep. And uh, I remember we sat down with him, and he kind of gave me a look like, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I, yeah, yeah, he looked yeah. through you. I yeah, can see this. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, sorry, sir. Thanks for coming to my show. <laughs> 
So, uh, here are some things you're going to hear about. Growing up in Danish farmland. Uh, search and rescue in the British Virgin Islands. Lots and lots of shitting on Andy Lally. And alcohol. Booze. Yeah, he loves alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. Uh, but you know who does not have alcohol while he drives us around this country? That would be uh, Sebastian Bourdais. Yes, yeah, Sebastian Bourdais, an amazing driver who, as the French say, chauffeured. Yeah. That's exactly how they that, say it, I believe. A, yeah, that's They're like chauffeured. Yep. Uh, us all around the place. Uh, what do you have to say about this one, uh, Sebastian? You know, Motor Trend Show is okay, but I like your podcast better. Not only is uh, Sebastian Bourdais a super talented driver, but he's easy on equipment. Hmm. And that and that's not something we care about because hmm. uh, these Continental Tires, hmm. well, they can do anything. That's Continental Tires, the people that sponsor this show. They can do anything. They can. You know what they can also do? Make you say it right. Uh, Continental Tires. Continental Tires, huh? Do the thing. Continental Tires! For the one nope. that you nope. that stop. got away. Stop. It's It's... The smart choice. The smart choice. In tires. The one that got away. Fans, it's very important for us to remind you guys that we can't not do this without you. We are 100% continuing to stay on the road because you guys have been so supportive and taking care of us by tagging Continental Tire, by encouraging other fans to do that, by buying belts for your engine, buying hoses, electrical cord. I mean, I've seen so many Continental tags. It's, it's been unbelievable, and that's what's keeping this show on the road. So from uh, both Sean and I, please continue to do that because that is how we were able to create this content. That is how we were able to keep these road trips going, and uh, tagging them, giving them all the love is what's going to make that possible. Lars Gearsing. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. We've been here uh, now six nights. Six nights in a row? No, we skipped one. Where'd you go on the night off? Uh, ocean deck. <laughs> well, right. You got to get a little bit of variety. Yeah. Well, the truth of the matter was we were too drunk to drive anywhere. So, you know, <laughs> at that the point, you know, yeah, yeah. We stayed yeah. for the, the, state. oh, for so the you, crappy so food. So you started at ocean deck, we realized start, you wouldn't make it here. Yeah, we started at the uh, German place over in Veluza Mall. Okay. You know that one? Yeah. No, I don't. You don't? No, I no. Well, that's a, rookie that's a mistake. Here, apparently, yeah. yeah. Well, teach me. Uh, it's one. a it's a real German beer garden over in the Verlusa Mall. Okay. And they nothing have about that sounds correct. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. Yeah. But it is. They so. have genuine German food. Yeah. They have probably fifty different beers. Yeah, yeah. They have a really good wine selection, but I wouldn't recommend it because all of it is too old. Yeah. Uh, Wait. Every bottle we bought there has been corked. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. back yeah. and then good. So it's 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 just not it's a beer place. properly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah the the people that go into the Belusa Mall are really not the wine connoisseurs of the world. Really? Sure. No. Sure. Here in the it, it was surprising to me too. East Central Florida is not the. Uh, but they have a nice wine collection. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to trust you when it comes to alcohol. You have to go if you've never seen it. Yeah. Well, so he's got to be on track tomorrow with the Challenge Series. You know I don't drink. However, because I know how much you don't want to do this and you're just being nice, I actually, we talked about this ahead of time, I will drink with you tonight. Oh, great. Yes. That should be fun. Yeah. It could make it interesting, but we'll see. But I, if, if you're drinking, I'll drink. Yeah. All right. I can't believe you're willing to do this. Well... Breaks up the monotony of Daytona, right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. So, what have you been doing the last couple of days? Virtually nothing. Okay. No, not a damn thing. Okay. I can't get the car to go fast, so uh, kind of gave up on that uh, last week and mm -hmm. 
just been sitting around. <laughs> I gave up on it already. It's January 24th, sir. That's a piece yeah. of Yeah. Shit. No, it's not a piece of It's just not there. So. so we can All right. So. Where are we, uh, Zen Huh? I said, where are we, Zen Bistro? Zen Bistro. So this Zen is like, Bistro. is there a Lars table here? No, we've been moving around. We've sat at probably really? every one of them. Because it seemed like this is every night you're here. Yes. Uh, because so you. Because there's no other good food to have in Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Chipotle. Well, yeah, but say you are, but that, that's, especially now. Uh, to my point, exactly. Nope. No, not giving it no. to you because that's that's a stain. That's all I got. But like that's in 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 the world of Lars Gearsing, that makes sense because yeah. you. I associate two types of food with you because I have never gone out with you and not had Thai or Indian. I also do really good sushi, but here. Well, so so Ronan's okay. pretty popular. You're not a fan. Ronan, uh, it's uh, yeah. It's it's pretty good food actually. It was usually so packed that it is. Yeah. They uh, they time. are just rude and don't give you service. And right. Yeah. One of the main reasons I started missing racing a little bit was because I don't get Indian food, and there's plenty in L.A., but I just yeah. don't get Indian food unless I'm here because we, you're here. Oh, where's the Indian place here? There is actually one out in the boonies. There. See, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah, which is decent. It's not very good. But okay, it's right. decent. Yeah, but it's. I mean, to me, this is all you do. So where where's yeah. the best Indian food? In in Pasadena? No. Period. On the tour. On the tour? Uh, see, I have more memories of experience more so than food. Because there was an Indian place you and I went to near Mossport. Yeah. Uh, where I remember you mentioned the dirty plates. And so the guy literally just lifted his shirt up <laughs> and just started cleaning the plate. Oh. Yeah, right in front of us. Like, here oh. you go. Like, yeah. belly and all. And we're like, oh. But that was right. actually Thai. Because was that they, <laughs> the the Indian place was closed that day. That's the, oh, what's it, it called? Uh, uh, right. Something of spice or... But it's right there yeah. in the in yeah. the main city, uh, yeah. whatever that is. <laughs> Oshawa, yeah. Oshawa, or whatever they, however they say it up uh-huh. there, is all the same. Uh-huh. But that's so, that's the best Indian. Okay, Mossport. Well, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. We, they, there's a lot of Indians up yeah, there. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Wait. So what's in the in the largest Gearsing uh, tour book of of Thai and Indian food? Where's the best Thai? Here. Here. Really? This is your favorite place. This is the best Thai. Huh? Are we ruining it for you that now you're a celebrity? No. Fair. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can yeah, give yeah, a He's like, I'll be, I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. It's nothing. Okay, okay, walk me through the menu here. What are you going with? Do you have the same thing every night? Uh, yes, 90% of the time. You okay. know, I will uh, deviate just a little bit, but uh, it's a Penang duck. Always duck. We always do duck. Okay. Time. All right. Grew up in Denmark. You live in the British Virgin Islands. I feel like coming from L.A. to East Coast race is a problem. I feel like for the Europeans it's a problem. But you have a whole other level of adventure every goddamn time you come to a racetrack. What is your flight process? Because you live in Virgin Gorda, a small island within the British Virgin Islands. Yes. Walk me through a travel day in the world of Lars Gearsing. Well, uh, it can go two ways. Okay. Either the airport is closed or it's open on our little island. We have a dirt runway. If I can go down there and take a plane to San Juan, I'm golden. San Juan, Puerto Rico. 15 minutes before flight time. There's Um, There's no great Virgin Gorda TSA. No, they they uh, don't on have a dirt road. Okay. No. Well, no. How, okay, so how does that work? Like, are you paying a guy to fly over there? Or you just no, like no. There's a there's a scheduled flight. Okay. How big is this plane? Uh, it's a seven passenger Cessna. <laughs> small. The answer is yeah. small. Is what we're looking for. And small. What's, what's yeah. the captain's name? Uh, it Rick. used to be Mo for a lot of years. Okay, Mo, that was what I was hoping for. Mo didn't Mo. make it. Uh-huh. Well, Mo uh, Mo has gone on to other things now, but uh, Mo is a great guy. He was. Um, uh, he was the colonel in the Shah's uh, Air Force. Okay. So obviously, at some point, he uh, hightailed it out of the Middle East. Yeah. Pretty quickly, okay. and came yeah. to the U.S., and he runs a outfit called Air Sunshine. 
<laughs> they fly to the Bahamas. That is not bad. To okay. <laughs> I'm guessing you're one of several things they run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's okay. an import-export business. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. They No, they actually made quite a bit of money uh, flying <laughs> to uh, Guantanamo. They oh. were the only ones flying into Guantanamo. Okay. So they had uh-huh. the military contract. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. good work. You can, you can transport it. a lot there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So that was not bad for him. Okay. Interesting. So he uh, he no longer flies into Virgin Gorda, so now I fly with Cape Air, which is a... Who? Cape, Cape Air. Air. They're from... Uh, oh, so it's, no longer, so it's no longer... You don't, you're not on a first-name basis anymore. It's no longer... Yeah, captain. I still am. I, there's only about six pilots that like fly down there, so... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and is there a schedule? Yeah, they fly uh, a couple of times a day. Okay. So... Uh, and if that doesn't work, which uh, they've had the airport closed for a lot, long time, uh, so then you take a ferry to Totola and then take the same little airplane from there and go to San Juan. Yeah. Okay. okay so either way, it's a shitty airplane to San Juan. Yeah. And possibly a ferry before that. Yeah. yeah. They're okay. built in the 60s, all of them. Yeah. Okay. And then it's San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Then to Atlanta or JFK and then, and then on from there. From there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you so can they, do as many as three or four vehicles yes. to get to wherever you're going. So like even if you're say racing at Laguna Seca, yeah, it's gonna be Atlanta to SFO. Yeah. Jeez. So okay. You leave your house but at it, let's say seven AM, what time are you getting into your hotel? Uh, I usually get to Atlanta at six o'clock, something like that. Six PM. Yeah. If you leave at six AM or eight AM. No, yeah. I leave at uh, like eight or nine. To get to a six o'clock flight yeah. in Atlanta, yeah. plus wherever you might be connecting to if it's not Atlanta. Yep. But I can fly to Europe in the same time. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, this is more of a process than, like, we were with uh, uh, Philippe Albuquerque today. Yeah. Like, that's just Lisbon to wherever. Yeah. At least it's, like, it's one single travel. It's one flight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's and they fly seven times a day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, if Captain Moe is a little tired today. Then he, he doesn't fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hmm. He was okay. great, though. I, I really <laughs> like Moe. Did he let you fly up front with him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he and yeah. He, his uh, son was flying for him for a while, and uh, we had a really good report. We'd, sure. I, I would fly a lot. I, I'm picturing the, the plane in Indiana Jones. There's, like, chickens and crates in the back, oh, yeah. and the, the door's still open. He, he flies a lot of chickens because <laughs> they do uh, uh, cockfights. Okay. Well, so oh, it's, right. No, they're uh, really no it's in Puerto Rico. They really do yeah. have cockfights yeah. there. And yeah, in yeah. the BVI. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, they say they don't have cockfights in the BVI because it's illegal, but right. they, do. You know, they have, like, five boxes of cocks in the back of the sure, plane. Sure. It's not for their chicken dinner. Yeah, they're not eating them. Sure. Right. Right. sure. Right. Yeah. 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 So the the reason I thought you'd be a good guest is that yes, you are like a guy who's very well known in the in the GT levels of 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 the paddock and, and uh, we do like to have engineers on beyond just drivers. Um, but you are not the typical engineer in terms of your background and where you came from. Like no. where's your where's your degree from? Degree? Exactly. <laughs> You have to have the degree. Yeah. a degree what, of uncertainty. Yeah, and, I guess. and, yeah there's that. <laughs> and that and uh, that. what major metropolitan city did you grow up in? Uh, none, really. Huh. <laughs> I lived out in the country in Denmark. Yeah, you are from the Danish countryside, and like I have your a education, in farming, your education, farm management, was, right? <laughs> How about that? Okay, we don't yeah. know what we're going to use that for, but yeah, it's yeah. good knowledge. Yeah, if you uh, if you looked up uh, your LinkedIn, it's like thirty years in motorsport, and then. Danish ag- agricultural management uh, from uh, what is it Landbrugs School something like yeah, that Melling Landbrugs School oh okay. uh, right yeah, yeah. yeah. that right, one right. you know that I know that one so what did yeah. mom and dad do they were uh, they were in the book world my dad book was world. a okay. editor for Reader's Digest in Denmark and my okay. mom 
translated and wrote books. Okay. And the Danish Mostly culture. cookbooks. Okay. Oh, that's it was good. Right. Was she a good cook? Yes. Oh, okay. Nice. nice. We, had, we had a good time when I was growing up. For a long period of time, she would do a, two cookbooks a year. Mm-hmm. And we would do all the recipes. Okay. So, you know, you'd go from lobsters to souffles to sure. bake this or oh, that. So you're kind of like the test bed. Yeah, for, we were. We, we thought it was great. Yeah. 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 Not a bad way to go. My dad and me, we were just like, yeah, what are we having tonight? Yeah. Page two. Yeah. Let's look at the picture. <laughs> it's a page two kind of night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's look at the picture. Anybody under four, what is Reader's, Reader's Digest? Uh, Reader's Digest was a uh, magazine, but it was also a uh, – they, they – Produced a lot of books. Yeah, it was and like this weird amalgamation of like book and summaries and book yes, sales, and, and, and yeah. usually specialty books. Yeah, and encyclopedia. It was right? the Amazon of booksellers. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, yeah. <laughs> they were they were big in the '60s and '70s, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your dad would take the American one and translate it into a Danish version. Yes, they did that as well, but okay. that was not their mainstay. Their mainstay was books, you know, okay. bringing in American books uh, that they thought were interesting for Europe and yeah. okay. translating those and applying them to the European market. Sounds like the that this is where most engineers come from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this kind of world. Was your dad a car guy? No. Mom? No. No car people no. living on a Danish farm. Well, we lived in, in the suburbs at first, but then we moved to the the country and that's where I said, well, looks pretty interesting to drive tractors around, so sure. What kind of farming was it? There's there's small farms in Denmark, especially back then, you know, they were like most of them forty, fifty acre farms. Yeah. With Pigs, cows, everything, all in the same. Yeah, yeah. Everybody would do the same thing. Now, is, is, is Den- I don't know anything about Denmark it's extremely economics. Small. No, I understand that. But is it like is it like a center hub for agriculture throughout Europe? Or are uh, you It just- is, yeah. Back then okay. it was, at least. Uh, okay. It still is, I guess. And this was the career? It was, yeah. You were going to be a Danish farmer. I was. So somehow you end up living in BVI as a race engineer. Yeah, there was a couple of stops along the way. You know? All right, well, good podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When's the food show? <laughs> how, how does how does your racing career start? Well, I guess it started uh, the it started with uh, that I had a Porsche shop in Oakland, oh. in the Bay Area. No, okay, wait, wait, there's a couple on, steps on, in between on, here. Yeah, 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 so I was farming, and then I had a Porsche shop. Yeah. in California. Well, I I <laughs> drove sports cars in Denmark, and I I raced them on club levels in Denmark a couple of times. But where did this come from? Like, Dad wasn't a car guy. No. My, I think my buddy, Fleming. Fleming, who, who I've met. You all know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. His, uh, his mom and dad had a car dealership. Okay. They, uh, what did they do the back then? Uh, I think it was Renaults. And then they changed to Mercedes. And was Fleming like a school buddy? Yeah. Okay. Right. We went so to school. So you went to school together. with Fleming, who, like, I don't, there's no way to describe the guy. Yeah, so we were always hanging out around cars, and I guess I liked them. So, uh, yeah, so, so interest in cars, we always, uh, their dealership was a very small one, so we uh, we had big field out back, and whenever they got a car in that they couldn't sell again, they'd give it to us, and we'd just bomb around just in destroy it. Okay. <laughs> destroy it. And this became race cars? Yeah. Okay, and what's the Danish, was this rally racing? Was this uh, I did some like rally, okay. but uh, we did, uh, mostly it was, you know, on, on tracks, but uh, there's not a lot of racetracks in Denmark. Weird. Okay. Yeah. It's only two. But you're not some kid like going like dreaming of F1, going to F1 races, or never like crossed my mind. Not a racing guy at all. No. Until your buddy Fleming decides to like, let's go wreck my parents' car out back. Yep. And you decide wrecking cars seemed like a good idea. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
So where does the where does the, the somehow this leads to a Porsche shop in Oakland? Well, I went to Australia for eight months, and I just <laughs> this met. is made up. <laughs> uh, so I come home from Australia and uh, why for eight months? Well, I I went out there for eight months. What I was just, your name? No, there was nobody out there. I just I just met my wife before I left. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she wasn't my wife at that point. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Okay. Nope. Sorry. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I went to Australia, came back, and I said to Linda, "Well." Uh, I'm not going to stay here. Denmark is just crappy, and the weather's bad, and taxes are high, and it's just too small. I said, do you want to go somewhere? And she said, yes. And she had already talked about going to England. I said, well, I don't want to go to England. The weather is just as bad there. That seems to be a theme with you. Yeah. No. And uh, she, and because I'm a uh, an American citizen, we could go here. So I said, let's go to America. Okay. Okay, so you have American citizenship because you're raised by a stepfather yep. who is Danish, but your 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 birth father was American. was American, and then your mom moved back to Denmark with with what you consider your father. So by that, you're able to keep what's called neutral citizenship and neutralized citizenship. Neutralized citizenship. So therefore, you've already got your American passport, mm-hmm. and you go to Australia for eight months. Why are you going to Australia for eight months? What? How do you like? You just gave up the farming. How old are you? Uh, 22, I guess. Okay, so that's oh. sort of what for many of us would be that post-college age where you travel for a year. Yeah, I mean, kind of, sort of. Yep. Just to see what it was like. Why Australia? We were talking about maybe immigrating there. Um, just wanted to see what it was like. Never been there. What'd you do? Uh, drove heavy machinery and <laughs> trucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're in... Australia, having just been a farmer, yeah, driving driving heavy trucks. What city? In Sydney. In Sydney. Yeah. Okay. This is this is everything I was expecting from a, a, a renowned GT engineer. Um, for eight months, still doesn't add up, but great. Well, so I actually only worked for about five months. Okay. And then my buddy Fleming came down with his uh, to-be wife. Okay. And uh, we drove around Australia for three months. And just outback. Outback. Yeah, everything. Okay. It was actually kind of funny. So we, we we drive down from Sydney down to Adelaide, which is all by the coast, and it's fairly civilized. There's asphalt on the roads, and uh, spend some time in Adelaide because they have nice wineries. And uh, then we said, well, let's go to Alice Springs. So we drive out of town, and probably 15 miles out of town, road ends. I go, oh, they must have road work. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> Two hours <Right>. later. <laughs> I wonder how long the road work is going <laughs> to <laughs> A big project. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing road work all the way to Alice Springs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you keep gas in the car? Uh, they do have gas stations, uh, okay. but every time you see one, you fill up the car. Yeah, right. Because right, yeah. you have no clue when the next I think one's the, the f- And they always, when you leave the gas station, there'll be a sign saying when the next one is. Yeah, right. So okay. kind of so uh, I think the, the biggest we saw was 460 kilometers. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Good luck. Wow. And what were you driving? Yeah, you can, you can do it. Yeah. I mean, like you can I, only like do 40 miles an hour. About to say, you're, yeah, with the, the roads that you're on, yeah. you're never going that fast. It wasn't keeping gas in the car that was the biggest thing. Cold beer. How <laughs> <laughs> do you do that? I mean, you're driving all day. Yeah. So yeah. we had bought this uh, little... 12 volt refrigerator that was in the infancy of that. Okay. Yeah, so this it was is, this terrible. Is, this is what year? Uh, 84. 
Was it 84, 86? I yeah, so you're like, this is a high high technology yes. piece you got here. Yeah, yeah, in the and corner. And so it could fit a six-pack, no more. Yeah. That up with you and Fleming. No, I mean, what yeah, do you do? that's right? not going to last. You run out really quick. And uh, his girlfriend, now wife, wanted to have some of her Cokes in there, but oh, that didn't. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. So, so they broke up. No, they're married. They're still married. <laughs> She's not that smart, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and then since it was my car, I said, well, you guys are sleeping outside in the tent. I'm sleeping in the back of the car, station car. So I had a nice, comfy bed, you know, away from all the snakes and the... Everything in Australia. All the things that will kill you out there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they were out in the tent. Mm -hmm. All right. They didn't the sleep much. That's not your problem. No, yeah. it wasn't. No. no. All right. No. So this eight-month adventure leads you to the conclusion that Denmark is not for you. Yeah. You go home. Linda, who is now your wife, you both decide Denmark's not the place. Yep. And you're already an American citizen. And does this take you to Oakland? Uh, well, no. It... Um, <laughs> <laughs> So I did a year in Japan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> about to say. That's what's coming. No, we, we went over and um, so I said to Linda, you know, there's some good news and bad news. We can go to the U.S., but we're going to have to get married. Oh, bummer. So she said, okay, we'll do it. Uh, That's so, a, that is the romance I expected yeah, from Lars Gearson, yeah, that, by the way. Yeah, up. So we're going to have to do this thing. So we did that. Sorry. Uh-huh. Drove uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast. Because uh, Linda said, well, where are we going? Because she had never been to America. I've oh, been there many okay. times, of course. Uh, and uh, just as a side note, Fleming and I uh, drove around the U.S., and that must have been in 84, uh, just when we turned 21. Okay. We did that for four or five months. Kind of taking advantage of your passport. May as well, well go through the countryside. It's a good thing yeah, to good go drinking to for five months, right? right? Were uh, any memorable stops along the way? Oh, yes. It was a lot. It was good. Yeah. It was fun. You want to explain what those were? No, probably not. <laughs> but so I, Linda said, where are we going? I said, Sonoma. Yeah. And she goes, why? Oh, because I have great wine. <laughs> and I'm a farmer. I can get a job in, in the winery, right? Yeah. I mean, next to the bottles, it would be great. But that didn't work out. But we went to Sonoma. And... Uh, Rent an apartment and look for jobs. That proved to be a little hard. Yeah. But. Uh, what was your resume? I'm Lars and I know how to farm. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. I can drive a truck if it's in Australia. Yeah, tractors are no big deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But it didn't really impress anybody, did it? Yeah, they're like, we have a lot of rednecks here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's Northern California. We're good. Your, yeah. your salesmanship is uh, just being very matter of fact, <laughs> which. Works at this point. I don't know that it worked at 23. Well, yeah. Also, what was the accent like back then? Uh, probably a little bit Australian. Yeah. <laughs> so no matter what, you're not from here. Yeah. No, I'm not from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of this screams the idea of you becoming a, a racing engineer. Yeah, well, then there's the next step. So about four months later, Christmas time comes along, and uh, I had I'd quit the trucking job and uh, taking a job in a local quarry to drive heavy machinery because it paid more. Yeah. And then it started raining, which it does in California, and that I didn't really re realize this. Um, and then they closed the quarry. And I go, yeah. what am I going to do now? And they go, well, well, that's not our problem. 
So, tail between my legs, I went back to the trucking company and said, yeah, do you have a job? And they go, yep, here you go. So, did that for another month, and I saw an ad in the paper saying they wanted a service advisor at the Porsche dealership in San Rafael. So, I said, and that's like 20 minutes yeah, away, 30 minutes. Phenomenal. sure. So, I applied for it. Didn't hear Yeah, because again, your resume is on Lars. Uh, well, no, I, I was a little it. smarter than that, okay. because I... I called my buddy Fleming and said, can your dad uh, ah, give me a resume that no. I worked there as that, a service okay. advisor? Okay, so our, our There's show. There's our camp. There's yep. our scam, yeah. yeah. Our show is built on interviewing people who, I'd say 95% of people started their career on some sort of con. Yeah, some lie, some some sort of bullshit sort way of scam. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll your fit buddy, right in there. Your buddy, your buddy Fleming's <laughs> dad said you work, and so you know all about Porsche dealerships or the dealership world. Well, they had a Mer- they had Mercedes at the time, so it wasn't a far jump. But you understand dealerships yeah, and high-end yeah, cars. Yeah. And uh, they said... Uh, hey, you're European. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. But I, I truly didn't know what a service advisor was. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought anything is better than driving a yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. truck yeah. all over the place. And if there's something it. I know about you is that you in the service business has got to be a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go on. So, I didn't hear from them. Yeah. Then I called the service manager and he goes, oh, um... Oh, I haven't really looked at the resumes, but, you know, nobody, there's been nobody in for interviews. Uh, can you come in next week? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm working right now. I can come in Saturday morning. Would that be okay? And he said, okay, I'll come in. So he had me and another guy come in for an interview, and they were looking for a service advisor for Hyundai and one for Porsche. And I walked through the door with my resume, newly printed, and um, very glamorous, you know, if you yeah, do yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah big yeah, time, of course. And um, we got the job because there was nobody else. I said, yeah. okay, you're both hired. So you got the job literally because you followed up. Yeah. yeah. You just called. Yeah. yeah. I'd imagine in today that still holds true. Oh, yeah. No, I think half the battle yeah. showing up. Just show up, yeah. just call, yeah. and just ask. So this other guy had done service advisor work for years. Okay. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he got sent out to Hyundai. And he took Hyundai. Okay. Because he said, I'm going to make more money there, and there are more cute girls. And I yeah, go, okay, whatever. Okay. So, I, t- I got Porsche. Yeah. And um, about uh, nine months later, the service manager quit, and I got the job as service manager. So, yep, that's how I know a Porsche. How was the first week of that job? Was it chaotic because oh, you had no idea what the hell you are supposed to be doing? or I had no idea. Yeah. How do you hide it? Uh, well, when we were going out from the interview and we had gotten the job, I kind of grabbed the other guy and I said, hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 hey, come here, come here, come here, come here. What the? How do you do this? What do you, what do you, what say are you supposed you, to do? What do you do here? No, I was just yeah. very blunt and, and yeah, yeah. honest and said, you know, I have no idea. I just came over from Europe. Yeah. I've done cars, but. Right. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And is your only mechanical acumen at this point tractor servicing and wrecking well, cars or Fleming? Yeah, it cars. sounds like yeah, you're, yeah. you're dicking around with cars enough in the backyard. Yeah. You, yeah, you and Fleming figured out stuff. Yeah, we can. Yeah. So he says, well, it's really easy. You know, a guy comes to the door, take his name, write up what the f*** he wants, <laughs> give, the, give the piece of paper to one of your mechanics, and you're done. Then you get the paper back, and you make out the bill. Yeah. How hard can that be, right? No? It's almost like being an engineer. Driver's a customer. Yeah. Hear what he has to say. Give the notes to the yeah, mechanics. There you go. Go do the work. Do something else. Do something else. This so, out. This adds up real quick. Yeah. So it it wasn't a it wasn't a hard thing to do. Yeah. Right. Right. And my mechanics were really cool and 
they wanted to make a lot of money, and I wanted to make money, so they told me uh, this is how we do it, and they were, they were all, you know. This is how we do it is in providing services that aren't necessary? Well, more, That's no, more like cutting corners, you know, dealerships, you know, yeah, right. flat rate, and, right. no. you know, we could do two big services in a day, right, and most of the parts are in their bottom drawer, and they were doing them at home. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I get okay. it. But I stayed there no for a couple of years. Buckler. That was good. Oh, God. Then my best mechanic, he left and bought half of a Porsche shop in Oakland. And then he calls me up and says, hey, why don't you come join me? Uh, the, the older guy that owns the other half, he really wants to retire. So I went over and talked to the older guy, German guy. It was really cool. And I said, I have no money. Yeah, I just came from Denmark. I've you know, lived here for a year and a half or something. And he says, well, yeah, there it certainly helped that I was European because we could yeah. talk a different language, right? Uh, yeah, literally. And uh, so he says, uh, well, um, I'll loan you the money. So you pay me off over the next two years. This is the second con. So I did that, and it worked out fabulously. So two years back? later, I paid him back. Oh, you really did? No, oh, yeah, I paid him every month. Okay. Paid him a fa- fixed fee every month. And uh, then, you know, after two years, I was paid up, and it's fine. And this was an independent Porsche shop. Yep. Not a dealership thing, no. but people bring in their Porsches there in Oakland. Yep. I can imagine there's a reasonable amount of uh, oh, Porsche yeah. owners in the East Bay. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, even yeah. Orinda, they would drive in. Yeah. Know, they were going to the city, so they dropped the car off. Yeah, and, exactly. And there, there was nobody in San Francisco, so we had good market. And he was very well known. He'd been there for 15 the, years. The previous owner. Yep, yeah, previous owner. Okay. And this became your thing through the 80s. Mm-hmm. So right after the first recession came, right after I bought the shop, yeah. And uh, it was a little bit tough there, but it was just me and, and the, my other mechanic. And so I, I started wrenching on cars. Because you kind of had to, right? Yeah, I had yeah, to, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just came naturally anyway, so it was okay. And uh, then at a certain point, we said, you know, it's not a lot of business. We need to do something to get business in. So we said, well, there's people that always come in and ask about racing. You know, they want to have a club car or something. And we always kind of said, nah, we're not doing it. Yeah. And then I said, well, I used to I used to go on track when I was a kid. <laughs> We can do it. Sure. Yeah. So okay. we started that. And <laughs> Based on your huge racing pedigree of f***ing off in a parking lot. Yeah. 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 Or a field. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So you said, let's go Let's go club racing. Mm-hmm. And partially to drum up business, I'm assuming there's a party that wanted to do this too. I really didn't, but a, a friend of ours was doing NASA. That's most NASA. forever. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, said, oh, you got to come to a NASA event. Yeah. Go, yeah. So I did. And... Went to a NASA event at Sears Point, and I go, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is the most emotion anyone's ever heard out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but a little bit stupid, but uh, we, we gained a lot of customers and yeah. did a lot of club racing. We As a, like a race service group or just a... Race you, service you, group, yeah. Okay, okay. So you became a Northern California-based arrive-and-drive Porsche race service company. Way and before the, KB. The, yeah, or, or Flying Lizards. <laughs> yeah, or, right. Or, yeah, yeah. You, Built the mold. You started the mold. this. Yeah. I, I told uh, Martin when uh, a few years ago. Martin, uh, Martin Snow. Martin Snow, yeah. yeah. 
Madison's so, dead. Madison's dead. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, actually, yeah. that is probably, that's yeah. not a joke. They yeah. really don't. Yeah, yeah. sad, but it's Madison, true. Madison, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we uh, came to Las Vegas, and he had a semi-truck, and we had a semi-truck, and we were the only ones with a semi back then. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't find a regular trailer yeah. there, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to, to Porsche Club events, uh, NASA, or... I don't know if POC or PCA was a thing at the time. Yep, PCA. PCA. So you're, this is your this is your bread and butter, and this is to grow your business. It is fun it's, to drive. It's actually not bread and butter, but <clears throat> yeah. it keeps the shop busy. Okay. Between that and the and the streetcar stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you go club racing. You got the Porsche. So wh- at what point are because uh, you you I mean your name is on like some Grand Am entry lists and whatnot as a driver. At what point do you actually start? Does this become a thing? Well, it was when I sold the shop. Okay. Then uh, my. I said, you know, I want to get out, and uh, what, sold that, it to my. Was it or what? Hmm? Was it just not what you wanted? Too much work. Uh, my partner was maybe not the. He was not a good businessman. He was a great mechanic. Okay. But he was a terrible businessman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jason says the same. And uh, yeah, if you work at HP, you know, <coughs> just wasn't uh, wasn't worth it. <laughs> uh-huh. You know that? Yeah. 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 So um, I sold it to. I sold my part to him. Okay. And uh, said, okay, well, probably need to find another career now. And then some of my best customers, they came to me and said, we want to go uh, pro racing. Can we do that? I said, well, anything is possible. And I, they were dot-comers and had a shitload of money. Anybody we know? Uh, Richard Staranka and Dave Standridge. Dave Standridge, yes. Renworks. So we did that for... Almost two years. So I, I drove the car, I set up the car, and tried to teach them how to drive. I didn't. I did not succeed. <laughs> Based on your pedigree as a Lamar winner. Yeah. Uh, okay. No. But you ran a team for them, basically. I ran the team, and yeah. I, I was the pro driver in the car. Right. Okay. <coughs> and right. at that time, how many? what is a team? Is it, is it two people, three people? Is that your guy? Our car, yeah. Nice. Um, no, we had a, at the first... Uh, I think the first six months we had a volunteer team. Okay. It was just me and Fleming that got paid. That adds up. And uh, then we really got a, a normal team together. And right. But are you, doing, are you doing all the hiring and all the logistics yeah, yeah. and the hotel booking? This is all you. Yeah. You were running a team. Okay. And is this just club stuff? No, we did uh, LMS and uh, Grand Am. Yeah, six hours walking is going with yeah, okay. yeah, Daytona also. Yeah, I'll come yeah. up. And your driving career was born. I mean, come on. I'm a glorified club racer, yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah, get it. Right. I get it. I get it. I can drive a car, but it's yeah. not. I'm never going to be Michael Schumacher. So. Sure. But, you, you, like, I don't know that. But look, I, I don't compared know that to them, right. I was Michael Schumacher. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I also don't know that anybody who meets you today, I don't know that Madison Snow even knows that, like, you have driven before. You know, it does come come up because I think that's my advantage is that As I do engineer. have seat time yeah. and I I know what a car is supposed to do. Right. Can't make it do it anymore, but <laughs> different sure. story, right? Sure. Okay. So at what point do you then go from running a team, sort of being the faux pro driver, to kind of what you are now? Well, it uh, came to Daytona in 2003, and uh, like uh, December, they say to me, well, we can really win this thing, so um, uh, you're not going to be driving. We want a pro driver in there. That's what the guys that you... The funding guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they f***ed me on that because it wasn't my contract. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but uh, they said, well, no, we're going to win it because they were full of themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. And this was December 2003. 
Okay. Uh, 2002, right? Ah, going into three. Okay. So, so 20 years ago. So we say, yeah, 20 years ago. So we say, I said to myself, well, if I screw them now, I'm never going to get the money they owe me because they're better lawyers we than know I have. this world, yep. Uh, so I said, okay, I'll just continue to be the crew chief and run the car. So they hired David Murray. Great. <laughs> right. Fantastic, right? How'd that go? We got third overall. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We were second up until uh, we got a rock in the radiator in hour 20 or something like that. Then yeah. the Ferrari passed us. Yeah. After they had lost a wheel twice. <laughs> yeah. Those are the days. Yeah, the good old Ferrari days. Yeah. <laughs> good old <Yeah>. days. <laughs> so we came in right behind Kevin Buckler. He got all the glory. We got nothing. And then I quit after that. I said, well, you guys didn't fulfill the contract. Yeah, I'm not getting a drive, and fucking yeah, Buckler's fuck beat me. I fucking idiot yeah. can win. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Michael Schramm. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Schramm, that's right. So after Daytona, I came home, and I said, uh, I think we should uh, move to the BBI. Oh, this is 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. British Virgin Islands when you say yeah. BBI. And uh, Linda said, well, Okay. What, had you been there? Like, where did this... Yeah, we'd been there on vacations. And okay, okay. And we'd actually bought a, a piece of land for a uh, vacation home. So she said, okay, I'm going to quit my job. Mm-hmm. So she did. I said, I said if we're going to stay in California, you need another uh, career. Yep. Yeah, I did. And I wasn't really way. interested. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't really grasp what I was going to do. Sure, sure. <clears throat> there was... Uh, Spring of the of 2003, I got a call from Kevin Buckler. Yep. And now it starts. Yeah, this is where the real story begins. That's where it goes downhill. Yeah. Was this where you met John Bedell? Because yeah, John Bedell said like we were looking for stories, and John Bedell said the number one story he has with you is how you guys first worked together. And to be yeah, to, and that would have been that would have been June of 2003. Yeah, and John Bedell being like a longtime crew chief in, in sports car yeah. racing, currently at Magnus, currently runs Magnus. Some, yeah, yeah. He was at TRG when you were there. Yeah, and yeah. like yeah. Lars, you, Ryan, and myself yeah. have, have all known him for yeah. 20 years. I mean, yeah. You've known him 20 years, and myself almost 20 years. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, the first race was good. Yeah, so you and just, so, so this, but is this but, where you yeah, well, is this Kevin, where you first worked with Kevin? Actually, Kevin called me because uh, he was going to Le Mans, and this is Buckler at the Racers Group. Yeah, yep. Kevin Buckler, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Here on we our go. Show. <laughs> Here Strap we go. in, kids. Yeah. So he was going to Le Mans. Okay. And he needed somebody to run uh, Mark Bunting and uh, Gleason, Chris Gleason, Chris Gleason. Okay. Yeah. They were going to do a one-off at Phoenix in Grand yeah. Am. Yeah, and on the Grand road, Am. on the road course, on the oval, kids. Yeah, the, yes. the, the yeah. Phoenix Roval. Yeah, Phoenix because, Roval, but in the middle clear, of summer, right? Well, April, I guess. Well, it was a night race, right? <laughs> but the the core TRG group, they're all in France. They're in France. Yeah. So he just needs some human. Be- he needs two arms. He needs somebody to, to roll a car. And uh, having just come off two years with Renworks, he said, and I had done some work for him because we did uh, gearboxes for them yep. early on. He'd send gearboxes to your Porsche shop. Yeah. So you're like the Hollinger of gearbox specialists. Something like that. You're like the Bill Rader of Porsche gearbox yeah. guys. Oh, God. Don't say Bill Rader and me in the same sentence. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. But that was a good race. That was fun. So tell me about this, this race. Wait, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that, you, you can leave first, over the entire story. <laughs> first uh, Grand Am race. Right. And uh, they were out to please all their customers that were coming in. Because they're in France. Or do, you mean, make their big or do you mean Grand Am? Grand Am. Yeah. Grand Am. They bought us France. dinners and... 
right. drinks. So and as as John Bedell says, uh, the, the story I got from John was uh, so were you, you're in BVI at this point. Yeah. So he gets the call and you get the call. You guys have never worked together. I mean, like, but. I got this. I got this race, and the whole business is on the line. I'm guessing this is how Kevin says it. Really need you to come through for me, bud. And there was a show car, the like had Las to be Vegas. picked up in Las Vegas, and it had to be taken to the race in Phoenix. And Vegas to Phoenix, is quite it's a 10-hour drive more or less. Uh, I think John had to go do that himself, or Lonnie had to do that. Lonnie did it. Lonnie. So Lonnie was like a longtime truck driver. He's been with the Lizards forever. Um, so Lonnie picks up this show car at a dealership in Vegas, so that somehow. Been sold to you and John Bedell is ready race to race. Ready. Oh, yeah, race good to ready go. for Phoenix. Good to go. Okay. And Wait, it gets Kevin Buckler did this? <laughs> I know it's shocking. I don't know. I, shock. I know you yeah. won't believe it. Do you maybe you're remembering it wrong? Uh, no. <laughs> so the car unrolls, you take it through tech. Do you remember any of this? Do you remember uh, how were the seatbelts? Oh, they were expired. Correct. <laughs> that day. Yeah. That day, actually. Wait, what? Like that day they <laughs> that were? That day. That's yeah. even better. Yeah. Yeah. Shocks were frozen. <laughs> had no equipment. We had, yep. we had no tools. And you're selling Mark Bunting. This is a quality program to yeah. go race in. Yeah. Okay. They yeah. were really cool, though. Yeah. They, were, they were fun. Yeah. Oh, but Bunting is cool. Yeah. Gleason, yeah. Gleason's Gleason are too. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those are yeah. good dudes. But, uh, but, but a lot of people in our sport are sometimes not. Yeah. And if you show up to a program like that, that might be the last time you yeah. see them. Exactly. And so Grand Am at the time, this is, this is basically what... Imsen now is owned by NASCAR, but at the time it was not, and Grand Am was a NASCAR road racing property. Yep. Uh, and there wasn't, it wasn't really known for an quality? abundance of entries or quality. quality. Yeah. So, like, literally, you guys are going to dinner in Phoenix, and, like, Grand Am officials are picking up the check to keep teams yep. happy. Kept us at the bar until they closed. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> so, literally, you're, like, so sit, was, you're uh, sitting at a restaurant, like, now, and, and some guy in a Grand Am shirt's like, let me get this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're on us. And, yeah. and it was John Bedell, yeah. Scott Aiden, oh, one of my Lonnie Petschnik. That is a group. And that's, uh, that's how you and John Bedell meet. Yep. Is Phoenix 2003. And now you're a Grand Am engineer. Well, then I don't know why they wanted to continue driving with Kevin. You know, so they, they did, and we did another three or four races or something that season. With them in some shitbox car. Because, like, what were your career options living in the BVI? None. Zero. Okay. Because I, I don't know anything about the economy no, of BVI, but... I I mean, you can't even get a work permit, so... Okay. I now have one, but that's a different story, but... Uh, <laughs> but I can't talk about that one. No, I can't talk about that. <laughs> um, There's a lot of that with you. No, there were, I really hadn't made long-term plans. I was just okay. going to build a house and see where... Figure it, it out. Where it went. This is the kind of guy that'll just go to Australia for eight months. But, like, again, a traditional engineer, you know, they've got computer software and years of engineering books and whatnot, and you just finished building a house in the BVI, and you kind of conjure in. Well, I'm not finished yet, but that's a different thing. You're the Jeff Brown of Uncomplete Homes. Um, (laughs) Engineering and postcards. But but at no point is there a formal engineer background with you. This is just coming from running a Porsche shop and doing some some PCA racing. Well, and then... Redworks. And then Redworks. I did learn a lot there. I, that I imagine. Sure. So you do that for a few years. Win the championship with Lally and Bunting. Is this yep. where the Lally relationship begins? Yes. Oh, and history yeah. was made. What was your first interaction with Andy like? Do you, any memory of that? He was actually good in the in the Pontiac. Or yeah. He had no issues. Um, I think he was also 
trying to build up at that point. Yeah. And it was new. and Yeah, and he was like, I mean, at that time, I, I'm sure there were factory aspirations with how yeah. GM was operating and all that. Because that TRG program had two cars, effectively. There was a TRG customer car, which was what you were on with Mark Bunting and Andy Lally. And there was effectively like a Pratt run, Pratt run factory, factory car, car. Where, with Pratt engineers and Kelly Collins and uh, uh, Paul Edwards. Paul Edwards. Paul Edwards. Yeah. 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 And, and the customer car kept beating the yeah. factory car. Yeah. And that was somewhere between your strategy, Andy's driving, yeah. Mark just driving smart. He was know. good. Yeah. But they never wanted to go outside the box, and we did. Yeah. And found stuff that they couldn't find because they didn't want to. Now, so this is, so this is where you show up in the engineering side of life, and this is the kind of stuff I find interesting. So, you know, Pratt built the car. And so they have their book on yep. what the shaker data says, and what the computer data says. If you don't know who this is, it's the same people that built all the Corvettes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Pratt and Miller cars. Engineering. Um, very smart people. Very smart people. Incredibly yeah. quality company. Really good people. Dan Binks we yeah, have yeah, an episode yeah, yeah. with. Um, but it's built of, it's an engineering company. It's built by engineers. Uh, and you're, like, you are not somebody who lives and dies by computer data. No. And so this is where I think something like this shows up, is that you're like, well, let's try a spring change. It may not make sense on the shaker, but I've been doing this long enough. It could work. Yeah, it did. We we've regularly ran very differently than they did and beat them in the end. That was pretty cool. How, did, how does Lars connect with a guy like Andy Lally, engineer to driver? Sean's learning now. <laughs> it was a different Andy. Hi, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're going to listen to this one. It's not like I didn't know going into this what was going to happen, but go on. We had a, we had a, we actually had a good time with it because he was willing to try different stuff. We knew that we were on the back foot up because against you're the, factory not the factory car, right? And yeah. factory drivers, yeah. And we knew that we couldn't compete. And we had Mark. Mark is a good driver, but. He's not a factory driver. Um, and we came up with ways of making the car really fast, really good to drive. And it paid off. And it was a good car. But again, that's because you, you're not somebody that's confounded by a book that says you're going to do these things in this instance. No, but I also have to say I, I went up to uh, Pratt & Miller uh, quite a few times. And they taught me discipline that I've carried over ever since. In what way? They are extremely regiment, regimented on how they do setups and set downs, and it does it gets done every time you go on track, off track. We never used to do that at TRG. I mean, you set like up you're the back on, you string out, yeah. Yeah. see if anything moved. That taught me a lot about how they engineered cars, and I also I got uh, to to talk to the right guys up there, the engineers, and I got to be really good friends with them, and they taught me a lot. Of so you, you won out, you win the championship in 06 in Grand Am. Uh, this now cements you as a championship caliber engineer, especially because you beat the factory you yeah. know, team right next door. But then you had talent with Mark, but 2007, I think, was my favorite season for you. <laughs> um, Laz. Yeah. So 2007, you almost won a championship again. And you yes. changed the future of sports car yeah. racing. <laughs> there is literally, so this is. There's the, a few. Uh, yeah, there's a few Lars rules. There's one. There's though, one giant one that came yeah, out in 2000. 
fucking so, black eye in the sport. So uh, <laughs> you had Andy Lally, but who would you say was the star of that 2007 Rolex program? RJ. Yeah. RJ Valentine. One of our best DWR episodes guests, we've yeah. ever had. Friend of the show, yeah. as they say. RJ. Labeled by yeah. Andy Lally is the best podcast we've ever done. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is one. I don't think you listen to us, but uh, RJ is one you should listen to. Yeah, you'll appreciate everything yeah. we did there. He drove, according to the podcast, <laughs> he drove like 40 minutes in every race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. According yeah. To I remember that. Yeah. 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 So uh, we got a rule now. So you and I, uh, <laughs> when we when we're calling strategy against each other in a couple of days, that we have to make sure our drivers are on four and a half hours. Yeah, so a it's a long time of so, the twenty four hour of the twenty four hour race. race. Yeah, so yeah. you've got a very good lineup, but for somebody uh, like Magnus, you know, you've got a guy like John Potter, who while perfectly experienced, he was perfectly, faster than us. What are you talking about? <laughs> faster than Kevin Esther. We figured it out, man. Yeah, yeah qualified Yan um, Halen. Yeah, but all I'm here to step it up, Yan Halen. Yeah. Kevin Astro, <laughs> I've heard of him. John is a safe and very stable driver, but figuring out how to organize him in a four-and-a-half-hour period is part of the game. And uh, that might be because of you in that 2007 season. 2007 was uh, pretty cool. Uh-huh. That was fun. Yeah. So, um, you have a favorite? Yeah, Mid-Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us I, about Mid-Ohio. I tell this story to people all yeah. the time. Yeah. Mid-Ohio is a little special because you start on the back straight. Right. That's, That's where the green flag the green is. Yeah. on the back straight. Away. And the start, finish, and pit entry is half a lap later. Yeah. yeah. But we, had, we had done a couple of uh, races where we had let RJ drive one or two laps and pulled him out of the car and put Andy in. Total. One or two laps. Total. Because there was no driver time requirement. No. You just had to have two drivers. And two drivers. RJ was pretty far off the pace at this point. but no, also not that far. Three or four seconds. Oh, okay, got it, sure, got it. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So RJ wasn't up to Andy's pace. No, saved it. <laughs> uh, so he was okay with the strategy. Um, it always would go down like this. I, I would say, RJ, what do you want to do? Do you want to drive or do you want to win the race? And he would say, Lars, that's do what you need. That's not what he'd say. Yeah, Lars, I, 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 I want to f- win. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Lars. And uh, <laughs> then I'd make the call, and I. I think at Mid-Ohio, I don't think he realized that it was only half a lap. Wait, would he, so would he know before the pit-in call? No. So he's thinking he's going to go do a stint. Yeah. And he's literally in turn two, or the second corner, turn eight. Yeah, pit this lap. And pit this lap. Pit now. Yeah. So the green falls on the back straightaway at Mid-Ohio. At Mid-Ohio. And then six corners later. Yeah. And we're now half a lap behind. Yeah. Right. <laughs> About four seconds. Literally. I'm from yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. And so uh, Andy gets in. Uh-huh. So RJ doesn't do a complete lap. No. Technically. He didn't need to. Yeah. That's he didn't the start, far, uh, start finish. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So Andy gets in. Andy gets in. I think we had some lucky yellows. And well, and also boom. when everybody else does their driver change, now Andy doesn't. He can advance to the front. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the now, because of you, the only way to win a race is to pull your AM in after a lap because the way just the track positioning yeah, works. it's going to be a huge advantage. It's going to be a huge yeah. advantage to yeah. stop that early. Yeah. So they make an RJ rule. They did an RJ rule, yes. Minimum drive time was born. Yeah. So but it wasn't you. until next year, was it? No, you guys got, got away with because it. Because we bit. did it at Lime Rock. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can't change it. Mid- Something places. like that they can't change midway through the season. Oh, they would do it if they could. Well, now they can. They, they now can. they can. Now yeah, they yeah, do yeah. midweekend BOP yeah. changes. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the time, that was not how it was going to go. No. So literally, all this drive time stuff we go through now well, back is because then, of you and they, RJ. They cared about someone like yeah. RJ's investment. You know, he's committed. we got to let him have this one. <laughs> and then in the off season, we'll tell him they don't get to do this anymore. Yeah. How many uh, races did we win that year? Three? No, I think like four or five. Yeah, four or yeah. five. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Four yeah. or five? RJ is good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, but in RJ's defense, like those photos are still the same photos. Yeah, that's like, right. Oh, if yeah. you went to his old go kart track, it's oh, not there yeah. anymore. But there was like, there's like winter photos. Did you ever go to yep. X1 Boston? Those you not have anymore? Yeah, I think it closed. Well, didn't you and I go when it was closed? Well, it was open when we went. Oh, no, it was open yeah, when we went. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's closed now. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. I genuinely think when it comes to race strategy, you're as good as they get in terms of your ability to put a car where it needs to be. Because when I look at like your, your, your wins in the GTO category came from putting the car in a pit position where Pratt and Miller wasn't. And so track position you gain by yeah, the end right. of the race. Yeah. You almost won it. You were like half a race away from winning a championship in 2007 with RJ as a co-driver. Because, yeah, Andy drove like a badass. Yeah. But you were very creative in, in when to make uh, pit stops to do that. Um, a lot of our Magnus victories came from really clever pit strategy. Uh, like I think that is a area, and, and I don't think that's something you teach. I think that's something you instinctively understand where's the best place to, put the, to place the car. You get lucky a lot of times, too. Sure. You do. But, yeah, but it's also, it's, it, it also has to do with experience. Yeah. I mean, 20 years of, of professional racing, you, and in the same, in the same category. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I haven't moved around, so, yeah. um seen a few things yeah so uh we had lunch today with philippe albuquerque uh who his number one thing in his relationship with his engineer is tell me what you do to the car if you're going to make a change tell me what yeah. that change is yeah. so that i know what to expect blah 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 now andy notoriously couldn't stand the fact that you don't do that yeah you just say wait in the car hold on we're gonna make a change and then all right go why is that i'm curious like what is the actual psychology for you because i people are not biased then the driver is not biased to expect something and say, oh, this is what it's doing because that's what he wants it to do or that's what he thinks it's going to do. He is literally just feeling what the car did and uh, gives a much better feedback. Does that come from an experience? And like I don't want to share either. Because you might leave or he might leave? No, I, I, I just don't want to share what I'm doing just because for me it's much better to get an objective uh, answer right. out of them. Does that come from an experience? Like there was a driver that argued with you too much uh, down a path you didn't want to go down? <laughs> <laughs> so you used to tell Andy and then you stopped. He would try and get it out of me. Okay. And sometimes I'd tell him some of it. Right. And, and I still do that. Right. So, so one of the most memorable pieces of advice I've gotten from Andy is if an engineer ever tells you he makes a change, don't just automatically assume he did. Because he was like, if you get someone that makes a change and you don't feel anything, don't say, yeah, I feel it. Because some engineers won't make a change to see if you're full of shit or not. And so to this yeah. day, anytime I'm like, I, uh, if I don't really feel something, I'm like, not sure. I'm like, I don't feel anything. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, and that's a good answer. Yeah. I'd rather have that. I don't I, know. It's okay. I will always make a change if I say I'm going to do it or I'm going to say I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. But uh, I, I won't bullshit people like that. But yeah. don't come and tell me you're feeling a change if you're not. Yeah. Yeah. That won't help any of us. Right. Exactly. When did you know the Farmbacher deal was going south? Um, when I heard it, saw it on TV. I guess now it was on. Somebody called me. Uh, who called me? I can't remember. So it's not because here we are, like twelve years later. So it's not necessarily as anything. But Farmbacher Lowell's was was a really really good Grand Am GT team. They did some ALMS uh, in their final year, um, but it was a Porsche team. Uh, Horst Farnbacher, who really wasn't part of the bad side of Farnbacher Lowell's, but no. uh, but Horst Farnbacher, very well known in uh, name in Europe. Um, it was financed by ill-begotten means, as our uh, as our boy would say. <laughs> ill-begotten uh, means. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, 
That's a nice way to say it. Butch Leisinger said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, at the end of the 2009 season, all of a sudden, people aren't getting the cars delivered they paid for, and some people haven't been paid in a few months. And where were you in that whole process? Um, we ended the season, and I went to dinner with uh, with Greg Lowe's in Miami. Yeah. And you had, did you have any sense? No. Nope. Okay. Uh, we, I was invited to dinner with his family to just to have dinner, but also talk a little bit about next year. And um, there's a couple of things I told him that I didn't want for next year. I, I wanted people to get paid on time. I wanted my the vendors to get paid so I could go racing. Right. And, so vendors uh, hadn't been getting paid at this point. Well, that was a that had been going on the whole time. Oh, right, because they were just notoriously yeah, notoriously unorganized, yeah. yeah. And so, this and on an engineering and mechanical side, we know all of a sudden you need a new set of tires or spares. Yeah, uh, spares. And all of a sudden you're forward facing guy in that process. Yeah. So, yeah. and uh, everything was honky dory. He said, "Yep, we're going," and uh, I fly home, and about a, four or five days later, I hear that he is now in custody. So that ended that pretty quick. How quickly do you start looking for something else? Uh, I actually didn't. Yeah. Uh, John Bedell called me and said, hey, we'd really like you to come on board. And I said, well, to Magnus. To Magnus. Yeah. yeah. I said, nah. <laughs> Just another goof off AM team. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't know uh, John Potter at yeah. all. Yeah. I didn't know um, Craig Stanton. Really, I met him in the paddock, but I'd never met John Potter because he was in a different league. Um, but after a while, I said, well, you know, John is there, and it could be fun, and so I'll do that. Turned out okay. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, we won some good races. And then Paul Miller. And here you are. Paul Miller. We, uh, we went uh, SRO racing. After we had a little conflict with uh, IMSA. Yeah, at Magnus, I mean. At Cause, Magnus. Because basically you were Magnus 2010 to 2016. 17. Well, oh, you did the World Challenge, that's right. So 2010 what? to through 2017. Yeah. And, I mean, you won Daytona twice. Yes. Um, I mean, all, the engineers always play a role, but, like, very specifically a strategy call helped to win that 2016 race in particular. You win Sebring. Yeah, that was a highlight. Yeah. yeah. I like 12, but... 16 was better. 16 was a really cool win. You win Sebring, you win at Indy, North American Endurance Championship. Twice, I think, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, twice, once as a team, right? And, um, and uh, you know, it's always tough uh, to win the full-on season championship with, with different driver pairings, but, uh, but it seemed like when there was a chance that strategy could kind of jump the team, it seemed like you always got him there. And, uh, and then, basically, Magnus went World Challenge Racing in 17, Yep. And I don't think you particularly enjoyed World Challenge-style racing. That was absolutely horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of thought that at that point it might be time to change teams. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, I've talked to Mitchell. This is Mitchell, last, Mitchell, Mitchell Simmons, Simmons, who basically kind of runs the day-to-day, so to speak, with mm -hmm. Paul Miller, an electronics genius. I've known him for a long time, and he's been trying to get me to come over to Paul Miller for many, many years. Sure. But I never had the interest. Mm-hmm. So they, they promised a new style program, and I thought that was interesting. But it seems like you're, you're in a good home right now. Uh, I mean, obviously, the team is incredibly yeah. competitive. You won Daytona a couple of years ago. You won the championship last year. 
20. <laughs> yeah. All right. But we, we like to have engineers on because we have a lot of young fans who are aspiring race car people, mm-hmm. engineers, mechanics, that kind of thing. And a lot of times engineers can give sage advice that a Philippe Albuquerque can't give. If I'm 22, I have an engineer, engineering degree. And Paul Miller really likes me. So he's like, Lars, I'm giving you a 22-year-old an engineering degree. What kind of jobs are you going to give me? Well, if you, if you really want to learn, then you, you sit and, and just take it all in. Right. And but am I going to be doing wiring? Am I going to be doing data act work? Like what kind depends of Depends on what you can do. Sure. Uh, example is... Uh, um, Tim Woodridge? Yeah. Who's now like a prototype engineer. engineer and prototype, yeah. 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 Who's he working for? Uh, uh, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see him around every now and then. Yeah. He's a really smart kid. Yeah. Uh, good data guy, and he came in, and he never made any waves. He just wanted to observe and learn and yeah. sat next to me on the timing stand for, what, three years? And never second-guessed you, never. No, never. Yeah, just you know, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, he just did his job. And he really brought something to the team, and I relied on him a lot, and, and he's great now. Yeah. You don't, you don't strike me as somebody that feels the need to, like, help people grow in the sport. I don't mean that critically. I've just – and maybe you've done this and I haven't seen it, but my point is is that there are some guys that are like, all right, let me help you out, little guy. And there are other people that are like, I'm here to do a job. I don't have time to foster children into the uh, sport. I will only do it if there's somebody who's really interested. And yeah. Like Tim was. Yeah, right, exactly. But Tim's like somebody the perfect like example, right? Yeah, he's a perfect example. And, and I've, I've met so many that wanted something from me yeah. and thought they could do it like in two races. Yes. I have no time for that. Right. That's exactly where I picture you when I think about Lars. Because help is just more work yeah. if you have to manage that help. But if we, use, if we use Tim as the example, Tim never had a problem folding up the canopy, no. putting kiwi tile out, you know, cleaning yeah. where he needed to clean. I mean, he did he all the things that we did before. I mean, Right. I spent 15 years doing exactly that, getting the kiwi tile, loading the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's what you do the first 10, 15 years. Yeah. And now I elect not to do it. Right. Uh, so here's a weird question. So in here in 2023, the Lars Gearsing School of Engineering, you know, in other words, you didn't go to school. You don't have an engineering degree. You're just a hands-on guy that drove trailers at 22 years old. Yeah. Is there a place for that guy today? Like you're here because you want a ton of stuff. Yeah, we're dinosaurs. Yeah, it's going away. I mean, yeah. we, we can see how complicated the cars have become now. Yeah. Um, you really have to follow along, and the the trend is that everybody believes data more than the the seat of the pants. And uh, five years from now, we're going to be all electric, probably, and. Uh, it's just going to be a different ballgame. Why are you still able to win? I think it's uh, it's a mixture of a really good team that we've built. And I kind of pat myself on the back a little bit with that, that I'm able to bring people together that can do a good job and do what we want them to do. Strategy is one thing. I'm really lucky right now because uh, it's both me and Mitchell sitting there. Yeah. And when sharp. you're two that can actually talk together and bounce ideas and off probably each other. not bigger dicking each other either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it all works in the end. And uh, I mean, there there is a if I make a decision, that's what stands. But I'll always listen to him. 
but it just makes it much easier when you have somebody to to talk to so i'm i'm very lucky in that regards and not a lot of people are that oh i thought of another rule oh i thought of a large rule thick this came from an anonymous source so um <laughs> runway uh, coast down testing oh yeah runway coast down testing yeah. is now is now banned we, yeah we've never done that Okay, that's but not let's true. Just, let's, just, let's, just, let's say you You're did. A liar. All right, Lars Garrison. So there's now a very clear rule saying run day co- uh, runway coast downs are now banned. Like yes. total, like you can't do them anywhere, you, or you no. just can't do them in one place. You can't do them. Can't do them at yeah. all. Oh. There used to be a spot not too far from here. That, that I'm aware of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize it shut down all of it. No, I just thought you, it was yeah, at that no. one location. Coast downs are completely illegal now. Wow. And uh, there's a there's a may or may not be an airfield just a little bit down the road at a little company. <laughs> <laughs> a little organization called NASA. It's an acronym. Um, yeah, not the uh, club racing nope, organization. Not at all. Yeah. Um, you may or may not play a role. I'm curious your version of this story. Uh, the the airplane story? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Is there another story? <laughs> There's two runway stories. Yeah. I got questions. Well, we were doing uh, uh, Coast Town, and uh, Madison was going in and out. Okay, again... I know some fans will know what that is, but a lot what, of fans what are probably the coast won't. What, yeah. like, why would you do a coast town? Coast test? down is to, um, it's practically like going to a wind tunnel, but in real world situation. Mm-hmm. So you drive up and down a very, very long runway. In this case, it's a NASA runway that's, uh, I built think for it's shuttles. five <laughs> miles long. Yeah. Because it's built for yeah. shuttles. Yeah. Yeah. And you can literally go to a certain speed each way. We elected 165 miles an hour. Yeah. And you turn around and do it the other way, so you go with the wind, against the wind, yeah. and get side wind, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you make changes to the car so that you can see what each change does in real world. Yeah. Yeah. To the arrow. Arrow. And yeah. then like yeah. coast down is like you basically clutch it or have a neutral yeah. sixth gear or whatever yeah. and then just let it come let down it, to a speed you, that you want. You let it roll to say hundred and twenty miles an hour yeah, and, and then you take, take that, that data. data. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So you so you may or may not have been at this this facility. Yeah, that I can't NASA remember. That, yeah. But so uh, we're and again, this was uh, so long. Ago. Whatever the statute of limitations was ago, plus oh, a day. It was way yeah, plus one day, plus one day for liability. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so um, Madison is going out, and the the thing was that we would lose radio contact because we didn't have a repeater up, and we're in a garage. This is your so version. as okay. soon as he would turn the corner, there was no radio contact anymore because he's five miles away. Because he's out of range. Yes, according to Lars. According to me. Okay. So, as I recall, uh-huh. we get a call from the tower saying there's an airplane coming in. And the rule, and when you agree to do these things, what was the prearranged rule? Uh, the rule is that uh, we, have to, we have to make a radio announcement to the tower that when we're going out and we're coming in. Okay. And then they will announce if there's any incoming traffic. And incoming right. traffic, I'm guessing, takes priority. It it does, yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah. I don't that know makes, why. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. On paper, the, I get it. The plane hurling to the ground. <laughs> or shuttle. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Madison is going out, and uh, uh, I get a call from the tower that there's incoming traffic. And I call Madison and say there's a plane coming, and there's no reply. And uh, then he c- consider continues down the runway and at that point the airplane is closer than anybody thinks and it comes in okay just above them well, nothing happened sure nothing but happened like, the, the nasa pilot was a little bit miffed i think because he was like within 20 feet of a car because here's the thing if you're which fl- car was it 
Lambo. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, uh, whatever, I was driving 10 years plus ago. Yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, First uh, rendition. They had Lambos 10 years ago. Sure. Yeah, the Countach is in the 80s, baby. But Let's like, go. if you're in like a T38 or whatever, like you're, you're tailing down, which means you're looking up. So you can't see what's underneath you if you're a plane. Yeah, well, you know, there's nothing to do at that point. You know? You're just, you're just going to hope. So uh, we had an anonymous source who feels as though maybe the directive was clear and you were ignoring it. No, no. I wouldn't ignore it. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so what came? What rule came because of this? Uh, oh, well, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But that wasn't because of that. That was uh-huh. just because we were doing it. I got the impression NASA said we ain't doing this anymore. Yeah, I guess that was the last time we ran. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. The the look on your face, you're like, oh, yeah, that, yeah I guess yeah. that kind of might have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might okay. yeah. It's because you might have, like, you know, started a... Killed inter- an astronaut? Right, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Change, yeah. Changed because history it, for the space program. But, I mean, an astronaut landed a plane almost on... on yeah, I mean, a rumor was it was, like, somebody with some clout, and they were It was, yeah. They were <laughs> oh, so you okay. remember that part. Huh, okay. <laughs> a former astronaut. No, I, well, I do remember the scolding we got. Uh-huh. Yeah. How'd that go? Well, who's it come from? Uh, it came from the guy who took the check. Ah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And I mean, they they have five miles of runway. You need the whole thing? Really? Yeah, yeah. come on. Yeah. If you're good. If you're good, if you you're should be able to land anywhere. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Who was driving the car? Madison. And did he see the plane? Uh, he didn't notice it. Uh-huh. Until it flew he, over his head. Was yeah. he low eyes Thank or? Yeah, well, just looking ahead, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. Not looking up. Right. Not looking up through the roof. Yeah. No, no situational airplane. awareness. Yeah. No. Come on. You're better yeah. than this, buddy. So, let's way too much racing. Uh, let's talk a little BVI stuff. So, V-I-S-A-R. I don't know. Is it, what do you call it? Visar? Was Visar, it yes. Yeah. So, it's Virgin Islands Safety and Rescue. Search and Rescue. Search and Rescue. Close excuse enough. me. Uh, you are, it's a volunteer? Yes, it's all volunteer. You, I don't know if you run it, but you're very, you, you're, you're vice president, right? Yeah. I'm the vice president. I run the Virgin Gorda brands. So uh-huh. you're like a search and rescue guy between races. Yes. What does a search and rescue guy do at the BVI? Because um, they don't have a Coast Guard. We don't have a Coast Guard, so. Yeah. We, yeah. We're honorary members of the Coast Guard. Yeah, we are actually. Yeah. The U.S. Coast Guard. U.S. Coast, Coast Guard. Yeah. The best one. Yeah. yeah. We, we flown in, in a Jayhawk. Yeah. We know Jayhawk people. Yeah. <laughs> What's our, Captain L- Scott L- Richardson. Lieutenant Zach. Oh, and, and Lieutenant Zach Farrell. Yeah, LTZ. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So well, we, we understand. We, uh, we do the same thing. Yeah. We do the same thing. Yeah. Go on. I can see that. That's our bit. That's so good. So Virgin Islands, search, uh, and, rescue. search and rescue. What all do you do? Because I do imagine, like, because it's we have about it's a small uh, island, so there's a lot of fifteen hundred charter boats. Uh, oh, season that go out all day. That's a lot. So that's about what five, six thousand people on the water. Yeah, yeah. That are drunk and don't know how to sail. And are the so these aren't just like fishermen making a living. No, no, these are these tourists. are recreational tourists. Oh. So we have them, and then we have all the local fishermen and the local boaters. Yeah. And since there's no Coast Guard, if somebody gets in trouble, they call us. So what do you? How does the call come in? Uh, it will. Because this isn't like a funded, or this isn't like a professional organization. This is people like you. They're all volunteers. We're all volunteers. We have right. a a couple of paid people now. Okay. Uh, but um, basically, we have a a toll-free number that people can call. And uh, say we're in trouble. Okay. And uh, then and you, we and you take the helicopter. Then we take one of our two boats. <laughs> and what is the boat? 
Uh, we have uh, two boats. We have one in Tortola and one in Virgin Gorda. Right. And, and are uh, these like little pontoon boats? Like what are we? What they are, we are now. Uh, the one in Tortola is a a uh, 32 meter, two, 32 foot rib, and the one we have in Virgin Gorda is 37. And right. what do you have stocked, safety wise? What we have on board? Yeah. We have full medical kits. We have. Uh, uh, all kinds of uh, electronics to yeah. save lives. We have communications. Do you have an EpiPen? We have EpiPens. Good, uh, good, good. Peanut allergies are real, man. Yeah, no, we, yeah. We're really high on medical stuff that's developed over the last sure. 15 years. Uh, it used to be more wrap and pack and get into shore as soon get as quick possible. Yeah, now right. we have actual medics. Oh, you do? Uh, that go out with you? Yeah. yeah. And then we're in Virgin Gorda. We're five medics i'm a medic as well mm -hmm. um so you're currently a medic like you're medically trained right now yeah so you could do cpr we, and every, we keep all we keep stuff. it up every two years so yeah. if something hits the fan on pit lane i'm running to the paul miller pit box yeah now. you should yeah. mars you're like ah, i'm off the clock yeah, yeah. you're like dude we're not in the bvi you're like, and you're like, or it's like oh it's eversley <laughs> yeah no yeah, he's fine yeah, yeah. he'll be all right no, let, be him, okay. let him lose a little let him really feel it so did virgin gorda does it have a hospital <laughs> has a clinic has a clinic yeah. have, what yeah. can they do there uh, pretty much nothing. So is the idea to get them as close as you can to then send them somewhere else? Uh, we take them to Tortola, to the main hospital there. Okay, and I assume that's they, a more full They have deal. a real hospital. A it's deal. not real, but yeah. somewhere close. So what kind of incidents? Do you, like, So there's a phone number. Is there a way to send a distress signal? Yeah, you can call us on on, uh, on the VHF radio, Channel okay. 16 as well. Okay. But cell phones are prevalent now everywhere, and everybody okay. has them. So if I send a flare, no one's seeing it. Uh, we do monitor for that, and we have lots of people all around. So it is quite often we see flares, and then uh, say also monitor it. Other people see flares, and then they call it. They in. call. Yeah, it. exactly. So when you're, is this? Are you on duty, or is this just any time of the day your phone can ring? Well, because uh, we're a very small group in Virgin Water, we're yeah. about twelve of us. Yeah, and we are, we're only a few people that are are helms and in control of the boat. So whenever I'm home, I try to take the strain off them and do all the calls. And when, of course, when I'm gone, then they have to take the calls. And do the calls route to you, or are you like sitting in an office somewhere? No, no, they route to my they cell route phone. To you. Yeah. Okay, okay. So everybody's just doing their normal thing, and right. So you're not on your a cell phone calls. You're not on a shift floating around looking for stuff. If the call comes in, otherwise yeah, you do nothing. Yeah, gotcha. What kind of stuff have you seen? It's mostly drunk Anything. assholes, right? That. Well, there's quite a few drunk people there's a lot of heart attacks mm -hmm. a lot yeah. of medical problems yeah uh, you know caught off limbs fingers head injuries we're uh, sitting here drownings. January 24th 2023 when was the last time you had to go out and rescue someone um, just before I came two days before well how many calls have we done this year or so far 23 we've done three or four yeah and today's the 24th yeah so. yeah yeah. This is our notorious, our busy time. Sure. Lots of tourists. Yeah. Because of the holidays. Well, it's yeah. cold everywhere else. Yeah. So everybody yeah. comes down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's quite involved. I never thought I would do this yeah. when I signed up for it. I've never been an ambulance chaser or ever wanted to. Yeah. Right. Well, you never chose law. No. Sometimes, yeah. Somehow, it, it, I like it. Well, it seems like yeah. it seems like community involvement is actually a thing of yours, especially on yeah. BVI, which is kind it of a is. small island. And Normally, the only yeah. time you actually, and I, I mean this respectfully, whenever I, I mention like going home and fishing and drinking, you're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, how'd the race go? You're like, mm. 
<laughs> if I see in the airport, you're like, yeah, I went like this. What are you going to do now? Oh, we're going fishing. <laughs> you're like all excited. So how does that, where does that interest come from? Like, why did you sign up in the first place? I love boats. I love the water. Yeah. And, uh, and he loves people. <laughs> I'm social. Yeah, I'm warm social. and endearing. Yeah. No, I thought I could help. And uh, I, as with a lot of our volunteers that come in, they yeah. think they are going to go drive the boat right away. <laughs> Oh, and, uh, they're like young engineers. So you're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I go, yeah, I, I can do that. You, know, yeah. you want my help? Yeah. And they said, well, that's not how it works. You know, yeah. you got to go through all these steps, sure. and it actually takes yeah. well, about a year before you get on crew. If you're saving lives, you want a vet that they're yeah. really willing to put themselves in the position they yeah. need to. So even in, a, in an emergency survival savior situation, people are like, I want to do the cool thing first day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not yeah. as much as racing. It's like racing. It's literally. Oh, I can drive that prototype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love it. It's exactly yeah. the same. Um, how does but there, there's a lot of things that uh, that connects what I do in racing kind of with that. Yeah. yeah. Because it's it's about having the big picture mm-hmm. yeah. and knowing how to deal with people and get people to do what you want them to do. And then obviously yeah. drive time rules. Drive time rules. Yeah, it's all yeah. the same. Yeah. Thing. Luckily, yeah. there's no like rival search and rescue <laughs> nice organization shit. like redoing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vice. We'd be there first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. uh, we've had some really awesome support on the show, and so we should point out that you can go to—is it how do you pronounce it? Visar. Visar, yeah. You can go to visar.org, and they have right on the top a donut donate, and you can go and, and help out. We've sold a lot of books for people. That hasn't saved any lives. <laughs> that hasn't helped anybody other than their personal stuff. But Visar, V-I-S-A-R dot org. And then right on the top, there's home, get involved, and then donate. So you can go donate. And uh, it sounds like it's for a pretty cool cause. Yeah. How's your, uh, I mean, I understand if things are real serious is one thing. But how's your, how's your bedside manner with like a panicking tourist? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I mean, I'm common collected, Copy. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's real bad. It's real bad. Get here quick. Copy. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I I tend to be the same way all along. But yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the shark stopped my play. Copy. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes. Yep. yep. Yeah. And you hear like a <laughs> in the background. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we do a pass-along question. <laughs> um, so we just had lunch a few hours ago with uh, Philippe Albuquerque, who I'm guessing you know who he is, but you probably never really worked with him. Uh, and... Uh, Ryan, what was his question verbatim? Yeah, he asked, he, <laughs> do you like where we're headed with the new future of cars going towards electric versus mechanical, or how do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I do like it. Uh, I do like it in the sense that uh, I think we should not stay where we are and, and look for what is current. Yeah. It, and motor racing is way behind anyway, so... The, the thing about that it's uh, for development of the car industry is all bullshit. We yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, now. Especially now, yes. <laughs> and it would be nice and quiet at the racetrack if we had all electric cars. And you don't have to listen to guys saying, oh, the shifting strategy isn't right. It won't downshift. Less it won't bitching. Less, Less bitching. bitching. Yeah, yeah, this is it. it. different. So, it'll so become about torque things, sensors. The two shit. things he had there are less frustration or annoyance for you. Annoyance. Quiet. It's quiet. I don't have to hear bitching about shifting and, and, and no lift shift blips and yeah. mat rev matching. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. What do okay. you what do you think the future of racing is? 
You said earlier five years from now. Five electric. years, we're going to be electric. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt. Yeah. Will you be around? Five years? Yeah. Doubt it. Like liver issues or? Yeah. 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 <laughs> sharks. <laughs> Italian. Shark Italian, Italian sharks. Under. Yeah. Italian shark attack. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, maybe five years, but. At what point do you just don't not do this anymore? Because you're a guy who, if it's not, doesn't interest you, you just won't do it. Uh, at what point do you not do this anymore? When it, uh, I mean, it's it's a job, but uh, when it's absolutely no fun anymore, then there you go, I won't do it anymore. Yeah. Is it getting there? Not right now. Right now it's cool. Okay. It's pretty good. That seems like a team dynamic thing, though. The, the team like is it's great. it's a good yeah. group you're worth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Other than sellers. Yeah. Peace Sell- yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a problem right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, if there's one problem in the paddock, it's yeah. beautiful Brian Sellers. Yeah. 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 He's fine. Um, I've had worse. Yeah, I know you have. He's awesome. <laughs> so we don't know when our next guest will be. It was originally going to be Lawrence Vantor tomorrow, but then he, like, totally factoried it up and was like, well, now I have a meeting and all this other bull****. So uh, we don't know who our next guest is going to be, but if you had a question for anybody in racing, whether it was a driver or a mechanic, we interview journalists, all sorts of people, anything that – comes to mind have you ever thought of going into uh the circus industry because it's pretty similar to what we're doing now so we're recording this uh two days out uh from practice for the 24th four days out from the actual race uh this is coming out in let's say november december how does lars Gearsing and that number one paul miller bmw do at the 24 hours of daytona gonna gain some points what a horrible answer. How does the, the season go? Season goes great. Yeah? Uh, why not? Should be okay. All right. So, the so num- it's, Daytona is an animal in itself. Yeah. Uh, this is my 20th year here. Yeah. And I skipped, obviously, last year. Yeah. I was here. Well, yeah. There, there just was wasn't a great a, race. There just wasn't a BMW. Best race ever. Yeah. So we were actually trying to get the uh, permission to run the race from the suites, from the BMW suites. <laughs> and IMSA said no. Huh. They said unfair advantage. I don't see yeah. how that can be. You didn't run last year because the car couldn't be available, basically. Yep, there was yeah. no car. Yeah, and you didn't go in 17, I don't think. No, because we, we did the SRO. We did World Challenge, yeah. Yep. So. All right. So <laughs> we are technically doing the same thing, kind of. Uh, here we go. I want, no, I just want to put some stakes on this here. So uh, you're you're calling the shots on the on the one car. Uh, <laughs> I am part of the group behind the 44 car. Who's uh? So it'll be you, Andy, and Spencer calling the shots. Who's talking to the driver? Me. So you're the one saying it. I'm the one saying it. So you're the one in control. I'm the one taking credit. Well, you're the one who says whatever. I'm the one do. who can get blamed if it goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. So who's going to, you and I, who's, who's going to, well, we got to have some stakes. What, Ryan, any stakes we can put out there? Oh, I'm happy to bet on this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet hundreds and thousands. Like, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> this is f- awesome. Who, what do you want to do? We got to have a bet. Yeah. You and I. Okay, well. I tattoos. No, we're not doing oh, tattoos. Oh, come on. No, if one that, of you wins. I'm not that confident. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Common denominator drinks. Oh, what God. does that mean? Mm-hmm. Explain that. I don't even know what that means. What, you buy what? drinks? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like the tab. Nice. Okay. We're sponsored. This is fine. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're already buying this dinner. Yeah. All right. So Sunday night. So when are you going to be out? <laughs> of the race? Yeah. 
What, 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 like when we're dropping out? Yeah. Uh, so we're calling like, ooh, it's like a baby pool. I'm confused what you're asking. He's like, well, when do you break down? Yeah. yeah. When, when, when is it over? Are the, As- are the Astons not reliable? I don't I don't yeah. know. They're asking us. They're fine. Yeah. Just talking about Just the drivers. Some, uh, oh. Ooh. Well, they were P2 last year. They were, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know how that happened. No, and, and there's only one driver changed, and it's a pretty good driver that's swapping in. So I'm not worried about not worried yeah, about that outside, of, outside yeah. of luck. Who'd you guys, who's your fourth? Is it Johansson? No, it's um, Maxim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's a good upgrade, too. Yeah. Mm, yeah, man. Johansson was, he was good. He was okay, but. Yeah. What's your favorite beer? My favorite beer? Yeah. Oh, I have so many. Well, I'll drink the I, next one. I will. I will take a video of me drinking your favorite beer from my home in Pasadena. Was, okay. 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 Shitty, well, then you. Okay. Well, then bad. name something better. I did. I said tattoos. I'm not doing. I tattoos. know you're not. I'm not that confident. But I said if one of you wins, like it's not tattoos who beats the other one. It's if one of you wins, the other one has to oh, get shit. tattooed. Your choice. I'm not, I'm not getting a Paul Miller tattoo. I'm like, no. Well, I, mean, I, would, I don't think you go or for a Magnus. I would, yeah. Yeah. No. 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 You go with like a dick butt. A dick bite on, yeah, on a that, dick yeah. bite on the ass cheek. A tramp stamp. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm not doing tramp stamp. Oh, come dick on, butt. I'm trying, guys. I know yeah, you're, yeah. you're doing better. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. No, racing doesn't mean that much to me. Okay, I would say, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> greatest quote <laughs> from the guys running the <laughs> Lars Gear. Yeah, I'd say beers for the other team, like a team's worth of beers. Sure. All right, I'll buy a team. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll buy. Yeah, I'll buy yeah. beers for. for but Paul are we going with who? If someone's on the podium. Beating the other, like, I think. Just, just beating, beating the, the other, other one? one? Okay. That's have, gonna be... have you seen my BOP? No, no. no. Have you seen what the lap I, times are? Well, I mean, I know you guys are also sandbagging because it was the roar. So. Uh, unfortunately illegal. not. <laughs> unfortunately not as much as the Porsches are. Sure. That's, yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, uh, fair. Well, I think we can fair. all agree. If yes, we can all yeah. agree on one thing. Is, is that Bill Riley's a piece off. of shit. Yeah, right. yeah. Bill Riley's a sandbagging son of a bitch. Lars Gearsing said so. Yeah. All right. So whoever beats the other car here. Has to buy beer for the other team. All right. I'm yeah, okay I think that. that's a good deal. Yeah. That's a good deal. So we need you to pitch Justin Marks on Nick Tandy's behalf for the Project 91 ride. Oh, s***. His, his well, career depends on you here. I, I think it's a great idea because, um, you know, Nick Tandy is definitely going to do a better job than <laughs> in any car. Uh, so uh, I would totally stand behind it. Okay. <laughs> okay, well. So we always ask people as we get closer to the end of a show uh, uh, what kind of legacy people are hoping that fans will get out of this. You know, like I just listened to Augusto Farfus and here's what I think of the guy now. What what would you hope fans might get out of this episode that you were so excited to do? Well, I hope they will uh, come live in the BVI where it's uh, nice and sunny all the time and uh, we have beautiful beaches and lots of rum. Do you want more people? You're, I was going to say, I'm shocked. I figured you'd be like, don't, come, don't come here. here. Yeah, yeah I have no time for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the more, the more, the merrier. Normally, when we ask people about legacy, the answer is always how they want to be remembered as yeah. them. And you could give a sh. Yeah. You, just, you, your immediate thought is where I live, not how I, Lars Gearsing's legacy. Yeah, come is on, I, what I've done is not anything super special. So this is a common theme this year where people are like, "I don't matter," and it's like Nick Tandy, Farfus, and you, and it's like, shut the f- up in this industry. Yes, you do. Yeah. Like being a revered engineer in this industry. An accomplishment. There are 25 cars this week, and they're going to have to think about how to do four and a half hours with their AMs. Well, because of you, <laughs> son because of, of you. <laughs> RJ Valentine right I'll now take is that one. telling yeah. a room full of people he won the Daytona 500. <laughs> <laughs> think, think about the guys that every time your car rolls on on pit lane, yeah. they're like, oh, shit. Paul Miller's here. Lars, Lars is there. Lars and Madison are going to go. I actually thought shirt. about it last year when we were here. We didn't have a car. Yeah. And yeah. We're, we're walking up and down pit lane, and 
probably ten times we were told, oh, we're glad you're not here. Yeah, that yeah. would be a huge compliment for exactly. me. That, that was a compliment. Yeah. I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Potter or Paul Miller or a gentleman driver coming through TRG, it's a fun sport for them for a while, but ultimately what is what keeps somebody coming is they like winning. Yeah, winning, winning fixes a lot win, of problems. Winning fixes a lot of problems, oh, especially yeah. for somebody who's self-funding. So, like, Magnus doesn't win. It's not as fun for John Potter. When we were winning, it was a lot more fun. Paul yep. Miller definitely isn't having fun if he's not winning. Nope. Uh, I think you bring that. That keeps a lot of people employed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Lally story? I think one of my favorites was when he was starting the, uh, the boxing thing. Oh, oh MMA? The, yeah, the BJJ. Yeah, MMA. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, he shows up with an ear that's as big as a f-ing cauliflower. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at him, I go, do you really think that was smart? How are you going to get your helmet to, oh, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah. And you see him, like, <laughs> finally gets the f-ing helmet on. Yeah. He goes, oh, see? Oh. I go, how does that feel? Oh, he's like a whack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. And then there's a time where he's sitting in the lounge, and uh, he <laughs> is trying to trim something on his helmet and he's got a razor blade out. Oh, anytime there's a blade around and this guy. immediately yeah, yeah. sticks it right in his thigh. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't normally pull this, but do you have a, a favorite thing that you and I did? A favorite what? A thing that you and I did? Because I feel like I made you a brand whether you wanted to or not. The, the favorite times were uh, what you did for Daytona with <laughs> yeah. Potter. Yeah. And my very favorite was the Lego. Because you were a, a beer drinking Lego. No. Do you know that you're the reason we got the cease and desist? I mean, the character that I, that we made. Really? I had to say we. Um, oh, that's a legacy right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, the specific context of the cease and desist that we got was because there was a character drinking a beer, and the Lars character that we had developed at Magnus over the years couldn't not have beer. That was like no. part of the brand bible, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Was that every character you played had a beer in his hand? And that was the, the condition of the cease and desist. So you oh. ruined it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, oh. yeah. Lego hates you. Lego hates yeah, well. you specifically. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not buying anymore. Aren't they? <laughs> and they're Danish. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah what's the problem? They should. Don't they know who I am? All right. Why did you do this? Yeah. Um, I knew it was going to be entertaining. <laughs> On your end? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for him, not for us. Making yeah. it a painful I mean, yeah. really, if, yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah. What's the best advice you have for someone young getting into racing? Like Don't a, do it. Not yeah, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Okay, yeah. they're going to do it no matter what. Like in a real sense, like give me the best real advice you have for someone getting into the sport. If you want to do this, you should do electronics. Hmm. It's a way forward. Yeah, that's actually the good. Data, idea. electronics, don't be a wrench. Don't be a tire guy. Don't. Um, I think that would be the way forward. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'd say with all of that, Continental's got the check.
expecting it would last That it would last in all the ways Like the fortresses we made Before the ocean takes them back So tell me how this started I wanna know what you've been thinking Are we out of choices tonight? We had the best times Caught up in the high life Now we're just stuck here thinking Tonight